This is The Art of the Hookup, your straightforward guide to a successful sex life. I'm Georgie Wolfe, an Aussie escort and a total hookup enthusiast. Welcome to episode four. This episode is all about the sex escalator, the expectations and pressures that we get caught up in when we're trying to get laid. Today, I'm joined by Arthur. He's a mate of mine. Together, we're gonna help you step off the escalator. Before we get started, just a reminder that this podcast is adults only. And with that said, let's get into it. Hey folks, this is Georgie Wolfe here, Melbourne escort, writer and unapologetic sexual adventurer. Welcome back to my podcast, where we unpack the shit you need to know for an amazing hookup. By that, I mean finding the people that are right for you, negotiating awesome sex and walking away feeling good about yourself. This episode is all about the sex escalator, the scripts, expectations and pressures that take over when we find ourselves in a sexual situation. We're joined on this podcast by my mate, Arthur. He's got some pretty interesting thoughts on this stuff. Thanks for having me, Georgie. How you doing? Not bad at all. So others passing through, normally he lives in the US and I came across him yesterday when a friend of mine very enthusiastically sent me this amazing video. So she recorded this video of you having a big rant about uh, picking up chicks and about trying to uh, uh, like maybe not wanting to be there and not knowing how to get out of it, that sort of stuff. And I was really super impressed. Um, so before I like start ranting about how impressed I was, can you tell us a bit about yourself and like, yeah, like just your history around like picking up chicks, basically? Um, I don't know that there's. I've got much of a history of picking up chicks, uh, so like to speak. No, no. But I mean, I think you know. I mean, I'm in my 30s now, so I've, I went through um, my entire 20s of being a you know socially awkward. Um, kind of young man trying to uh, sleep with as many attractive women as I possibly could, as uh, we all learn to do from American teen movies. We've all been movies. there, man. We've all been there, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And so, um, yeah. And I mean, I'm in a relationship now and I guess a kind of more or less probably well-adjusted adult. But um, yeah, what, uh, what Jess and I were talking about <laughs> and what was in that rant was, um, was just a reference to kind of how... Um, you can get in a weird position where you can become really goal oriented with uh, with the way that you interact with uh, with women in a, a sexual capacity, and um, and how you can sometimes find yourself in a position where you don't know how to say no or get out of a um, a situation that that you're in because you don't really want to be there because you might have changed your mind or something. But sometimes it's easier to just truck on through. It's really good to raise this because I often think that as a woman, I sit around with my girlfriends a lot and we talk about getting stuck in awkward situations and not being sure how to get out bad dates how to get away that sort of thing and I think we kind of tend to assume that it's only women that get stuck in awkward sexual situations that that we're powerless and that if we um if we need to get away it's difficult but we I don't think we've really thought too hard about uh, whether guys ever get stuck in those situations too so it's really awesome that you're sharing this stuff and this kind of relates to um so I've got this idea that I bang on about quite a bit and it's called the sex escalator. This is a term that uh, a few of my friends and I made up, but uh, basically it's the idea that um, that when you start the process of seduction, when you start going on a date, there's this really specific 
um, set of steps that you're supposed to follow. So once you start flirting with someone, you sort of have to ask them out. Once you go out with them, you have to make out with them. Once you make out with them, you have to go home with them. And obviously if you go home with someone, then you definitely have to have sex with them. And there's this idea that if you say no at any point, or if you want to do something different, it makes you super weird, or it means that you've failed at the whole process. Um, and we call it the escalator because once you put your foot on there, you can't get off the fucker. And it becomes really, really difficult to halt that. And it sort of sounds like what you're talking about, that once you're in there, you feel like you have to, you know, go all the way to the finish line, so to speak. Yeah, to some extent. But I think that makes it a large, a lot about like failure or something. And I think to a greater extent, not to a greater extent, but to another extent, it's often just about not wanting to, you may like the person, but just not be attracted to them. And you don't really want to let them down. Or like make them feel, maybe it's just too awkward. And then also I think from a guy's perspective, and this is just, you know, this is just my like kind of offhand um, observation. This is why you're here. (laughs) Right. Is that if you're a woman and you're on a date and you're not attracted to the person, there's like a significant physical power imbalance generally. So I can imagine that you wouldn't want to go home with a person because you're not really in control of the situation, say physically. But as a guy, there's not that kind of sense of potential threat there. And sometimes it might be easy to just go with it, go through with it and then just kind of get out of there because you're never going to be physically threatened. So you're avoiding, you're avoiding awkwardness and you're avoiding maybe making the other person feel bad. Yeah, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and because you know that there's not too much physical risk, it sort of feels easier just to do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And how do you feel afterwards? Like, how do you, like, the experience for me, because I've, I've done this, right? I've gotten stuck in the escalator and gone like, oh, this dude went out to dinner with him. Now he's asking me to come home with him. I guess I sort of should because he's a nice person, but I don't really want to have sex right now. And then going through that process of actually doing the thing and afterwards going, wow, that was shit. Uh, like, how does it feel? Uh, you? Not that bad. No, I mean, maybe sometimes, but I mean, I couldn't, I wouldn't say, so I'm sure there has been like once or twice when I've gone home with a girl, we've had sex and then I've been like, Um, but I mean, usually I would say that, I say usually, this is not like I'm like some guys hooked up with tons and tons of women, but I'd say that it's just kind of just good to have sex even if it's not particularly good <laughs> sex so even like sort of shit sex is okay sex yeah, yeah it can be yeah. right i mean there's like i mean i'm sure we've all had terrible uh sex right but there's a huge spectrum there so much and there's there's the sex where you have sex with someone you didn't find attractive and they are and it is really awful and awkward and then there's the sex where there isn't a huge spark but you sort of have a crack anyway because you're interested to see whether it might work and it doesn't really work and then you go oh, you know gave it a go exiting now right yeah exactly yeah it's a huge spectrum and then you've got the stuff uh it's certainly in my case where where you go oh this person is i'm getting a bad vibe from this person um and then what what you do learn as a woman obviously is if you get a bad vibe and do go home with that person you find out you find out what that bad vibe means and what it means is don't fucking do that but that's at the extreme end of the spectrum of bad experiences so we've got this huge range from amazing sex to um, horrible stuff, but then also just like the stuff where you go, oh, it was better than staying at home watching Netflix. Yeah, kind of. And then also for men, there's the sport of it, right? Like sex is really goal oriented for men. Like, and I, that's kind of a, of a weird thing to say, but I noticed that like the way lots of like culture around like male sexuality is very goal oriented, right? People like counting how many sexual partners they've had. It's all, it's in the language as well. Like any holes a goal. 
um, you know, and uh, oh, I'm or, pulling um, the worst face right now, just for context. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, and uh, what's the um, and you know, fishing references? You know, fishing, hooking up. You know, all these I things. Think this is true, right? Yeah, it's like I landed one. Yeah. Yes. Scoring, right? Yeah, all yeah. these things are like sports, and they're also competitive. So it's all also almost like. I won this or I had to fight someone to get this or I had to push to get this, which is really unfortunate because actually good sex is when both people want sex and they both negotiate it and work it out together collaboratively. So it's a bit more like, you know, like doing an artistic project together, for example, than winning at football. Uh, you're not defeating anyone to get sex, but this is the this is how we think about it, right? Yeah, and I think there's, um, I think that there's, I mean, that's like one really clear kind of, example of a cultural pressure that is in addition to attraction can feed into someone's decision to sleep with someone on top of just it just not it just being too awkward to say no i kind of feel like this feeds into the sex escalator around actual sex too like once you start having sex with someone that there are these really specific steps and the goal is for the dude to come so it's like you start making out and then you do like a 69 or whatever and then you have sex, dude comes, and then you're done. And I know that from some of the guys I've met, because not, not all guys do come first time or sometimes not at all, like everyone's different with their bodies, um, but there's a lot of shame for people who don't, particularly guys who don't come because it's like, oh, I didn't get to the destination. Like the, the sex wasn't good if there wasn't orgasms involved. Like that's that's the end point. And if you don't make it to the end point, then what, what the fuck was the point of doing anything? There seems to be that sort of thing. Yes, I agree to that mostly. And this is like, again, this like goal orientation, right? But um, I think there's also a sense of failure if the woman doesn't come. Well, this is the new age thing, right? It used to be all about whether the dude got off and now people are catching on and it's more about um, whether you made you, the lady come. That's the badge of honor as opposed to yourself, right? Um, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Um, I would also like to add, and I, I hope I'm, you know, I haven't locked the door or anything, so you can exit quickly. Um, but I have actually been in situations with guys who felt physically unsafe around me. Um, I can be quite, not so much anymore, but I did used to be quite overbearing, aggressive, and also quite pushy in terms of trying to push my partners into doing stuff that maybe they weren't mentally ready for, like kinky stuff, like super sexually adventurous stuff that regular people might freak out about. So I have seen guys look nervous and want to exit a date because they felt unsafe. Uh, it does happen. Maybe not as much because maybe physically I wouldn't be overpowering them, but certainly I was putting them in really uncomfortable mental situations. Um, and I kind of feel like that's an important consideration because I reckon a lot of guys don't think about their psychological safety, um, that they might put themselves out into really scary situations um, you know, really freaky stuff. Like I have a mate who tried to go to a sex party and he was so scared that he basically had to get smashed before he could turn up. And then he couldn't remember the whole thing because he was so drunk. But this is it, right? Like when we're putting ourselves in, in situations where we feel super scared and we might not be that safe because we're not ready for them. Um, I feel like dudes have a tendency to not, to be less good at noticing that they need to slow down. So it does happen. I can see situations where, where guys might need to get off the escalator fairly urgently. Um, I don't think it's just a yeah women's problem from a safety point of view. Yeah, so it's probably just a perspective, you know, um, uh, you know, because I guess this isn't something people really talk a whole lot about. Yeah, no, we don't, right? And uh, I guess the, there's, the idea of women's safety has been really championed lately, so we are thinking about it more. Um, but dudes aren't encouraged to think about 
their safety. It's just assumed they're going to be the ones that are going to be more comfortable or are going to be pushing for sex or, you know, that sort of thing. So even you saying that you met a chicken went on a date and then didn't want to have sex is a really awesome thing to say because I think for a lot of people it's like, oh, well, the guy always wants to have sex. doesn't matter who it is. Like, there's this assumption. I think that's pretty primitive. Uh, pretty primitive. That's fucked. Yeah, it's pretty weird. Well, it's a bit insulting. It's suggesting none of us have any, you know, standards. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think it's not that you don't necessarily. I mean, this is uh, this. I'm making this sound like this is a regular occurrence, which certainly isn't the case. And obviously, I'm in a relationship now, so this isn't um, this isn't kind of contemporary. But um, yeah, there have been lots of times when um, I've just been in a kind of a situation where it's just like, uh, well, you know, um, I guess we'll just go through with this because it's easier. Or you're really drunk and bored, bored, right? And like, what are you going to do? Go home, and you know. And then so. all that little curiosity, like, yeah, this is probably going to suck, but you know, I, I'd, I'd like to know if it really, if it really will. Like, let's let's try it and see. Let's see what happens. That, and then also, and this is like something um, that probably cuts pretty close to the quick. Is um, sometimes if you're just lonely, you're just like that's like a whole nother, um That's a whole nother, uh potential motivation for having a sexual experience that you might not be um, with someone who you're not attracted with. Oh, attracted to. This is a big difference between my younger sexual self and myself now, because what I've discovered about myself is that as soon as I notice that that attraction is not there, um, that spark isn't there or the connection, firstly, I know the sex isn't going to be as good. Secondly, I know that if I'm lonely and I'm looking for that genuine connection, and I know from chatting that the connection isn't there, um, then I know that I'm going to walk away from that sexual experience feeling down because I there's a hole like I didn't get what I wanted and what I wanted was that genuine feeling of connection um so I'll call it now like if I'm sitting across the table from someone over dinner and I know that the connection isn't there and that if we went and had sex by the end of it I'd be going I don't feel any less lonely and the fact that I just tried to fix that and I still feel lonely is really shit um, I will just call it and what I'll normally my standard line is hey it's been really awesome hanging out with you. I think you're super interesting. Like I'm loving chatting. Let's keep chatting. But I just want to let you know I'm not feeling a sexual connection right now. So I don't think that's going to happen. I've actually had women say that to me while I've been on dates. And it has been bloody devastating. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, really. Very direct. Whereas what people will normally do is duck to the bathroom and then climb out the back window and then ghost you. I'd almost prefer that. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. Rather than have it right to your face. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you have to work out how to react. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. And then it's like, uh, and then the context is completely shifted on a dime. So the context of the interaction, which, you know, was like quite goal driven and almost like narrative driven, you know, you knew what was going to, what was taking place over the course of the night. You know, maybe you weren't even really that into it, but like, it's like, oh, well, you know. At least you know what you're doing. Right. right? Then you're in this whole thing. It's like, well, now I'm on this like failed date. And you what know? do I do now? And this kind of feels like uh, that once we remove that blueprint, once we don't know what's supposed to happen next, it's really hard to work out what the fuck to do next, which is why people are so nervous about sticking to that particular way of doing things. Because if you don't have that way of doing things, how do you work out what to do? So I would say, and and this is just from my personal, like, you know, uh, perspective, it's not so much what to do next. I love just having, uh, like, yarn to anyone. More, it would be a sense of, uh, of failure or of not being attractive to this particular person who is someone, if I want to continue talking to, mm-hmm. and the, you know, generally good looking person, 
I just kind of, on principle, like prefer that they were attracted to me. You know, because it just, just makes things that much easier, right? And it make, gives you a sense of validation and stuff. Yeah. That suddenly gets removed from the situation, and I think that makes this um, context of interaction, which, yeah, like you said, is often really scripted. But oftentimes, it's not so much just the the kind of scripted element of it or the like you know this kind of narrative driven element to like going on a date it's like meeting up with old school friends we're not at school anymore it's like well we've got how do we interact because all our interactions were based on this one thing so yeah, yeah. no no more common like yeah the context has just totally the changed context has changed so what i'm hearing from you is that if someone says straight to your face over a date we're not having sex the context has changed and now i don't know what the context is like how do we what do we what do i do like this is super weird yeah mm. yeah for sure yeah, and then not having that reassurance of that extra validation. Yeah, the validation be, vanishes at the same time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and trusting that someone is interested in what you have to say and all that sort of stuff um, is harder when you, you know that they don't want to bang you, which sort of sucks because I'd like someone to be interested in what I have to say without you know, my junk being a part of that equation. But I guess we're so used to that happening in our interactions with the guys and girls that it's sort of like it is a thing that we sort of rely on. Yeah, and just also, I'd like someone to be interested in what I'm having to say and also be um, sexually attracted to me just on principle because why not? It's just, just tick all the boxes. Yeah, why, you know, why can't just everyone just fawn over me all the time? Even if you're not interested in actually sleeping with them. Yeah, just on principle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really liking what you're saying here and it is challenging some of my thinking around how people operate because obviously we're all different, right? Um, and like uh, sometimes maybe my assumptions around what might be going through someone's head could be very different to what's actually happening. Although I have had guys that have said, oh my God, I'm so glad you just said that to me because I was sitting here stressing out, not knowing. And then I've also had guys who have just sat there with a shell shock, devastated look on their face as though I'm about to get up and leave the table and just leave them. And I say, no, no, we're having, we're hanging out. This is fun. Like I, what you have to say is interesting. And they're like, is it really? Which sounds a bit like to me, like the, you've taken away that validation of me feeling attractive. And now I'm wondering why you're interested in me. Yeah, I think there's like lots and lots of different kind of weird hang-ups and attitudes that people are like pick up to do with like sex and the opposite sex and, you know, engaging with, um, you know, from a male perspective, engaging with women, um, from a straight male perspective, um, engaging with women. And I think um, having like, you know, I've had the same group of friends for like my whole life, pretty much. I'm really lucky in that way. And it's funny because obviously some of these guys are like quite jockish. Some of them are a bit like nerdier. And you see how lots of different people have different kind of, kind of weird attitudes towards sex. And they kind of come and they kind of change their attitudes over time as they grow more mature. But some people regress and you kind of re feel it in yourself as well. Also, if you're like, say, maybe going through a period of mild depression or anxiety, I've often found that my like, attitude towards sex becomes completely different and probably more dysfunctional than when I'm like happy and relaxed. Totally. And so I think that can really affect your ability to navigate exactly the situation we're talking about, which is this kind of when you're on a date and then halfway through one of the other party decides that this isn't really what they want to do, which is almost always kind of a mutual thing. But it's just one person realizes someone says first. it first, right? Sometimes I'll force the other person to say it. So, like, here's another difficult line I roll out in the middle of a date. Are you ready for this one? <laughs> this is going to be brutal. I oh, yeah. Tell. I'm, like, so direct. So, like, hey, it's been really fun hanging out with you. I just want to do a check-in. How are you feeling about this at the moment? How are you feeling about the connection? And at that point, if they are not interested, 
they will tell me and that's hard. Like I find it much easier to tell someone I'm not interested in them than to invite them to tell me because then I have to sit there and suck it up. But it's really nice because if I'm wondering, I could say, so like, how are you feeling about this so far? And they look super startled and then they sit there for, for a couple of minutes looking awkward. And then if they're not into it, if I've been suspecting that they're not, I'll say, yeah, look, it's, yeah, it's been really cool. Not, you know, not really feeling it. And I'll go, yeah, man, it's cool. I gotcha. We're probably on the same page. Thanks for being honest. And it's an awkward couple of minutes, but it's so great because I really hate that awkward bit at the end where you go, so, you know, should I give you my number or, and then they sort of try and find a way to say fuck off. Yeah, that actually, for me personally, if that was, if I was on a date and the girl said that and it was mutual, that would, for me, be like a massive boon. So the invitation is better than the slapping you in the face with, hey, not attracted to you. Yeah, probably. And also there's probably just a like safe, a face saving thing where you want to be the person to say it kind of, you know? Like, yeah. That sounds really juvenile. But. So I'm taking one for the team, basically. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I'd, be, I'd be inviting my partner to say no, um, knowing that I can hack it. Because I can, and I've been rejected heaps. But I'm good, at, I'm good at hearing no. So it takes practice. But now that I've got to that point, I can invite that no. And I can go, yeah, I, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the out. And I'm going to suck up the no rather than expecting some random person I've just met to be really good at hearing a no. Because frankly, most of us aren't. Yeah, that's probably a really socially intelligent way of approaching it. That's it. I'd never thought about it that way before, but now that now that you've pointed out, I'm going to do it that way every time. I'm not going to just dump her. Hey, not attracted to you on the next bloke I go on a date with. Thank you for that. Like, that's really good. The other thing I've done is if someone looked super scared, I have given them an out, um, but it's a different out to that. It's a, So there was a bloke that I met and we went out for drinks and it was on my hookup Tinder account. So he knew it was a one night stand and he looked really nervous. So uh, he was sitting there. He looked super nervous. Um, we'd been talking for a while and it was getting a bit close to closing time. And I'm thinking, you know, are you coming or going? And he looked nervous. So I leaned forward and I said, mate, so like, you know, we've talked about hooking up and stuff. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And I said, you look really nervous. Like, is this something you really want to do? Because you're looking a bit uncomfortable right now. And he hadn't been able to say any, like he hadn't raised the slightest sign that he wouldn't be up for sex because I don't think he knew how. So he was sitting there going, oh man, uh, this is making me really nervous. And what he said was, I've never done a one night stand before and I'm just not sure if it's the right thing for me. And at that point I was able to say, great, don't, don't do it. If, you, if you're not feeling right about it, don't do it. Let's go our separate ways. But I think he'd just been sitting there the whole time sort of like just sweating, just sweating, but he had no idea how to say, I'm not into this or I'm not up for this. So he just sat there uh, and, and looked uncomfortable. Poor dude. I know. I felt really sorry for him. I'm glad that I did say that because when I was younger, I would have just grabbed him and dragged him home without asking. And yeah, maybe he wouldn't have wanted to be there and maybe he would have felt bad the next day. Yeah, or maybe this wouldn't have been felt that bad, you know. Maybe this wouldn't have liked it that much, but nonetheless. Maybe he would have shoved it down the memory hole, right? As <laughs> yeah, Dan Savage yeah. says, like just forgotten all about it. And I think um, sometimes blokes are pretty good about that. Um, whereas I find if I had a bad experience, the next day I will really sit there and mull over it, which is great because you can learn stuff from that um, up to a point. Uh, but I think, yeah, the, a lot of blokes that have might have less than optimal experiences just go, uh, uh, and then they go home. Uh, and, you know, I'd, I'd like to be a little bit more like that too, because I think sometimes we get so caught up in the shit that goes wrong that we forget that 
um, not having an amazing date is just part of the part of the course when you're trying to find the right people. Like you're going to meet people that are the wrong people. You're going to have mediocre sex to get to the good sex. And when we get really angsty about it, um, then we sort of get too caught up in the negatives and it's hard to get back into it you know, with a positive attitude. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So like do you ever think that that you'd want to – obviously you're in a relationship now, so it may be that this doesn't come up again. But do you ever think that you'd, you'd want to know, like you'd want to know how to exit? Do you think – um, like, do you think that every time you've just gone through with it, it's been okay? Or would you prefer to have the option? Would you like to have the option of getting out if you want to get out of a date? Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I, um, I wish I'd had the social skills to be able to do that because I'm sure, sure there would be, there would have been several times when that is what I would have wanted to, wanted to do. So I guess what I'm curious is, like we've talked about um, wanting to exit mid, mid-date and things not feeling right. Um, have you ever either wanted to exit mid-sex or have you ever just had that feeling that, that things are getting a bit repetitive or predictable? Yeah, and definitely. You don't know yeah. how to ask for something different? Yeah, fully. Um, uh, and not very good at, at dealing with that problem, I'd say personally. If I wanted to stop, you know, mid sex, I probably wouldn't be able to get there anyway. So <laughs> it would just be a matter of just until both parties were clearly bored. And it's um, like, that's, that's like ground zero too. It's hard enough to say no or to back out during a date. But when you're both naked and you're in the middle of something, like it's almost like uh, DEFCON 1 or whatever to actually call a stop to that, right? Yeah, it's pretty hard. Um, yeah, it is, that's, when it, that's like the real slog, isn't it? Uh, I've had a few times where things have happened uh, where I've needed to stop things. Like, you know, like sometimes innocuous things like I have a cramp in my leg, condom break, like everything stops and that isn't that is an awkward stop. Or like, yeah, like when the sex just isn't working at all to the point where someone's like, you're like, oh God, actually that's something to hurt or man, no, I can't keep this up any longer. It's really hard to call that. It's really hard. Yeah, I think I have actually... Um... I think I have called it actually mid-sex. So you have. So so we probably both have. We probably both have called a stop during sex maybe once or twice. Like I would say like two or three times in my entire life because it's so hard. Whereas I've backed out of tons of dates. That's fine. I'm all over that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, no, I haven't backed out of any dates. Um, but um, probably just about as many as I've backed out of sex. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess I'm interested in whether we might be able to come up with a few what I call exit strategies, um, but also strategies just for going, hey, this isn't working, let's do something different without feeling like a total asshole. Um, and I've, I, my ones for dating are pretty straightforward. So like I've said, hey, just not feeling a connection or as we've established, how are you feeling right now when you full well know that the other person is going to say, I'm not feeling that great, don't really want to hang out with you. Um, and I'm curious as to whether that could in any way be applied to once you've actually gone home with someone, and I don't know if uh, I don't know if leaning over when you, you're in someone's bedroom and saying, "Hey, just checking in, how are you feeling right now?" Uh, it's a wonderful thing to hear from a male partner; it makes me feel really safe. Um, but even if even if a guy leans over and says, "How are you feeling right now?" I would have a hard time saying, "Actually, I've changed my mind. I want to go home." Although it's great for that opportunity to be there. I have been in situations where I've gone home and a woman said. Actually, I just want to cuddle. Oh, yes. And how did you react? Oh, it was disappointing, but not nearly as um, not nearly as harsh as you might say, uh, like, yeah, oh, I'm not into this anymore kind of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't want to interact with you because I'm not going to get to that 
that goal. Yeah, right. Um, so again, I think it's like maybe less of a um, less of a kind of cold bucket of water than um, than mid date saying like, "Hey, I'm not really into this." You know, gentle approach. Mm. I'll actually do some expectation management. So with play partners and partners um, that I already know. Actually, sometimes even with Tinder dates, I'll say, hey, like, this is awesome. You're great. I think you're really hot. Do you want to come back to my place and hang out? And I'm not really too hung up on what we get up to, like maybe whether it's just cuddling or hanging out or chatting or getting up to some sexy stuff, like any of those things, whatever we feel like at the time. And then once they've said, yeah, yeah, cool, that sounds great. I feel like we've sort of set the scene. It's like, hey, we might talk. We might hang out. We might do sexy stuff. We might have full on sex, but none of those things are expected. I um, mean, I've had a few guys say that to me too, which and it gets really nice because it takes the pressure off. But also, it just it just makes it clear that there's a lot of fun stuff we can do together that isn't just about. Well, how did you phrase it? Like holes, the getting uh, things any in holes, holes are, any holes, any a holes a goal. Are goal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so once any holes a goal is off the table, then suddenly it's like, what do we really want to do? Like, do we want to cuddle and talk about politics in bed for three hours? Do do you want to go down on me for like like? 60 minutes while I read my favorite book like you know what are we into what are we actually into yeah I should say that is like I'm using that as an example of like the most appalling attitude that I think people and this is the stuff I want to hear mm. because you know we don't talk about this stuff these are the attitudes that most of us have in the back of our heads right so we've got to bring this stuff out over time and probably through healthy interactions and just the gradual development of a person's like personality you you kind of outgrow some of these weird attitudes that you adopted, you know, passed down from other people's weird kind of, you know, role, weird older role models. It loses its power a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. I will say, though, that even now I'm so well trained in what, a, what the script of sex should look like that if I'm with a partner and they don't come, for whatever reason, because we got distracted, because they don't normally come, whatever, then then I will. There'll be a little voice in the back of my head going, okay, so everything seemed really good, but he didn't come. So, like, is there something wrong with you? Or, did, is like, should you feel bad? Is it your job to make that happen? Like, uh, did you fail? And if, it's not my job to make other people come, and it's not their job to make me come, but, uh, but just because we're so reliant on that idea that successful sex means dude comes or woman comes, as you've pointed out, is a thing too that I sort of walk away questioning myself and that's kind of bullshit that it's still there. Even after all my sexual experience, I've still got that little voice in my head that goes, nah, you sucked at the sex because he didn't come. I think it's just something that is always going to be somewhat ever present, right? Because that's like kind of the ultimate, I mean, I don't know, I should be careful about how, uh, how, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> how much um, uh, confidence I put behind the statement, but um, <laughs> it just seems like that is, there's a sense in which there's a biological goal, right? And intellectually that is what that's the whole purpose well, of the operation sex is. Right? that's yeah. what we're told sex is it's penis for hetero people it's penis in vagina and it's ejaculation basically like biological function and yeah that's super ingrained right it's also the pinnacle of the experience as well for both parties so if you've failed to bring someone to the pinnacle of the experience then you've like failed to deliver on yeah, right. the best possible experience right and in a very like critical, a binary way. Either you have or you haven't. And Either so it happened or it didn't. It's like a bright line, yeah. And so I think inevitably it's always going to be something that people feel um, uh, uncomfortable about or that raises kind of a sense of discomfort if you don't manage, you know, if, if your partner doesn't get off. Yeah, totally. And this idea that the orgasm and the peak experience is the best bit of sex is really 
It's one dimensional. It's a lot of pressure because then it's all riding on that one thing and not all the other stuff that we do that we enjoy as well. So yeah, this is, this is why I bang on a lot about the escalator um, because I'm so invested, like I'm so interested in all the other steps and all the other things that we could be doing as opposed to just doing the same shit over and over and then having a really mediocre orgasm with someone that you didn't really like, but you took them home anyway because you didn't know how to say no. But like we're saying, this is how we think, right? This is how we're raised to think. Obviously, like you're talking about this is when you were younger and you picked up and that sort of stuff. And like has stuff changed for you? Oh, I don't know if I can ask you this um, privacy-wise, but has stuff changed for you now that you're in a relationship, thinking about how that stuff is conducted? Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. And massively, completely. Um, it's totally changed my perspective, really, because for one, the sport of it is gone, right? You know? Um, and so when the sport of it is gone, um, and maybe that's too strong a word, but maybe it's not oh, too strong a word. Oh, when the sport of it's gone, yeah. you're not focused on the goal. Like, right. Those metaphors fit perfectly together. Yeah, and so it's actually a, a completely different thing. And the um, it's a complete the there's lots of dimensions as well to sex, right? I mean, we've we've talked about this a little bit, right? Like it's like a, it's just generally validating. It's a cure for loneliness. It's connection, a connection, sport. It's you know, all these kind Bragging of bragging rights, all that stuff. Ego yeah. trip, and that's all perfectly valid too, in my opinion. But all that stuff kind of falls away when you're in a relationship, and it just comes down to just personal connection, and that totally changes even what all these things are. Right, even what an orgasm is is no longer a. Um, you don't need that you know, binary did you or didn't you do it, right? Like, because it's actually not... Success has a lot of other different markers. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's like, what what is success? What is the purpose of the, of you know, the, the whole activity? It's completely different in a relationship as it is to when you're a, like, uh, you know, young, dumb, full of cum, single male. And maybe a bit less of that time pressure too. Like, oh, you know, maybe if I... Uh, if we don't get to having sex today, we'll do it tomorrow, as opposed to when you're on a date with someone new and it's like, if I fuck this up or if I don't get what I want now, I might not get the opportunity to do this. Or you might, uh, if you have too many failed experiences in a row, you can get a complex about it and get into a drought and like a dry spell. And those dry spells can persist for considerable amounts of time, which is why they say, um, you know, you've got to slay a few dragons to get your princess. Because you're psyching yourself out, basically. Yeah, so then you've got to find some kind of... Then that puts more pressure on finding a, a partner who you're less attracted to just to provide you the validation you need to actually succeed with the partner that you are attracted to. Or I will add a sex worker because I do see a lot of guys who've just come out of divorces or who haven't had much luck in a while and they just want to get a bit of confidence back in a safe environment or just break that drought so they're not like sweating desperation, basically. Well, I never thought about, um, I never thought about it like that, but I suppose that is, that is probably a critical function and a far more healthy function that a, a sex worker could play rather than a uncomfortable date where neither party is particularly interested but may actually find themselves both just feeling obligated to go through with it you and know? i reckon that probably happens a lot you know i reckon it probably happens that both people are a bit like oh connections aren't really there but maybe we should just give it a go or but maybe i'd rather not but fuck it i can't get out of it anyway so yeah we go. it's gonna be too weird yeah. yeah. And what, 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 what I found works for me is uh, like, as I've gotten more experienced, um, I will hold out for those good experiences because I've found that the better I've gotten at having really good sex, the less time I have for the bad stuff. Uh, but I think you have to, you have to really experience the really good stuff before you start to go, okay, now it's, it's not worth 
me shaking that person. I can tell that they're not going to be right for me um, and that there are better experiences out there. And, and for a lot of us, we aren't going to do that. We're going to go, no, I'm going to take what's here now, or I'm just going to stick with this and hope it comes good. No pun intended. <laughs> so how are you feeling about this conversation so far? Good. Yeah, good. I mean, pretty awkward. Like this is definitely testing, uh, testing the boundary of my kind of my comfort zone, but yeah, no, all good. Oh, good. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks you, for asking. Oh, you're so welcome. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking about leaning across and going, just wanted to let you know that uh, I'm not feeling like this is working right now. And I think you... <laughs> <laughs> but as we've established, it's I'm going to do it the other way from now on. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, and how's this conversation been for you around like around getting out of the process or around having a bit more control over the process of... Um, of dating and sex, do you feel like you've got a few more words that might help you if you did ever end up in that situation again? Yeah, absolutely, actually. And just hearing the way that you've spoken about this, virtually everything that you've articulated is something that I've actually experienced personally, but not had the social skills or you know the um, the confidence of it not being a weird thing to actually manage in um, in a like more healthy way, right? Like. You know, you don't know. It's like really, really alienating when you're in an uncomfortable um, situation. And sometimes it is a weird thing. Like sometimes you don't get it quite right and you blurt it out and the other person looks at you like you're fucking weird. Or sometimes you say exactly the right thing and the other person still looks at you like they're fucking weird. You're fucking weird because they're not used to um, someone being so direct. And, uh, and that can be really hard for people that just want to look normal and that don't want to feel like freaks. Um, and what I've, what I found is that I did, yeah, I fuck it up. And then uh, when I first started, I'd say something, but it would be all nervous and I'd look really like awkward and terrible. And that's just a factor of practice. But yeah, awkward happens, right? Awkward happens to everyone. And when we try and do something that's out of the ordinary, awkward can totally happen. Um, and until you get comfortable with the possibility, we're always just going to be too fucking scared to, to ever like try and deviate from what we think other people are expecting. So that's been a big learning for me just to suck it up and go, yeah, okay, so what? I'm going to sound awkward sometimes. Fucking deal with it. Is it because we as a culture are just terrified of awkwardness? Hell yeah, and of looking weird, because especially when it comes to sex, no one wants to look weird. You don't want to be that person that got rejected because they were weird, right? Right? Of course I'm, not. You're supposed to be an immaculate stallion. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I'm like awkward as fuck all over the place. I awkward over everyone. And one of the reasons that I that I do do, do okay is because I've stopped being afraid of looking like complete fuckwit because I've looked like complete fuckwit so many times. But I feel like maybe for guys, um, it can be even harder because there is that expectation that if you're if you know what you're doing and you're sexually experienced, you're just going to be like so cool and never freaked out and you're never going to show a sign that you're inwardly like fucking panicking. Yeah, or make a noise or... Um. <laughs> There's nothing worse than being in bed with someone that doesn't make any noise. This is why it happens, right? Stoic. Yeah, it's pretty weird. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is a whole other, this is a whole other podcast right here. So like, it's, I th feel like we've covered some good shit and we're probably going to um, wrap it up now. But if you're ever back in Melbourne, like, I feel like there's like two or three other podcasts... Uh, Oh, I'd be happy to join. This has been great. Yeah, good, uh, good value and actually really uh, valuable kind of conversation and perspective. Thanks so much for um, for hanging out, Arthur. I um, really appreciate everything you've said. It's been actually really useful for me. Yeah, super appreciate it. Awesome. Cheers, Georgie. Thanks for listening. I hope it's been as good for you as it's been for us. As with all my encounters, I love hearing feedback. You can find me online at artofthehookup.com 
and that's also the place to go to learn more about my book project. Please share this podcast with anyone that you think would benefit from hearing this stuff. Spread the word as well as the love, and let's make the world of hookups a better place.